Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Amidst news of Francis smashing religious orders left and right, and amidst news dominating the church of further restrictions coming for the traditional liturgy and traditional sacraments, we have news of two well-regarded prelates speaking out against efforts to modernize the church further. And that is the program of the Synod of Synodality, a further modernization of the church, which has entered its phase where lay groups are now issuing reports about what the laity think the church needs, as if what the laity think the church needs in a time of near universal, total, awful catechizing really means anything. And the only reports getting any coverage are from those groups who want further modernizing of the church, which is just a fancy way of saying that they want a secularized church emptied of its divine content. Today, I have for you the message of two well-respected prelates of the church, Bishop Athanasius Schneider and Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, both of whom have issued warnings against modernizing the church due to the consequences that has had already for, the, for our world. Bishop Athanasius Schneider has a new book on the Second Vatican Council that if I or someone like Dr. Marshall had written it, we'd have been called schismatic for questioning the motives and purpose of a council of the church. The book is titled The Springtime That Never Came, and it is a work that is causing a lot of conversation due to it being, frankly, a more brutally honest take on Vatican II than we're used to seeing from senior churchmen. Bishop Schneider describes this push for modernizing the liturgy and, by extension, the entirety of the Catholic faith as a move to put man as the center of the church and not God. Man has become the center of worship, which begs a question. If man is the center of worship in the new mass, is man what is being worshipped? In an interview with Crux magazine about this, Bishop Schneider describes why this man-centeredness is grossly inappropriate. Quote, in the past decades, one could observe a deep and general Eucharistic crisis within the church, Schneider, an auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of Astania, Kazakhstan, told Crux via email. It manifests itself in a deficient and sometimes distorted understanding of what is really the Holy Mass according to the perennial teaching of the church. From the deficient understanding of the essence of the Holy Mass derives necessarily from a deficient manner of celebration, end quote. Any of us who would publicly say that the new Mass was deficient in its celebration could face restrictions by our own bishop, yet Bishop Schneider says just that. If it is deficient due to its man-centeredness already, what is the effect of this? What has it led to? Bishop Schneider describes this as a liturgical exile, and it is the result of modernizing the Church in every way. First, starting with the liturgy, which is the expression of what we believe as Catholics, he describes it in this way, quote, the deepest reason, in my opinion, for the current liturgical crisis is an anthropocentrism since secularism started with anthropocentrism, which for its part is subjectivism. In the religious sphere, man declares himself the center, and this is subjectivism. Since Vatican II, we observe within the life of the church a shift to an ecclesiastic anthropocentrism, where the horizontal organizational bureaucratic realities and action gained primacy over prayer and contemplation and the supernatural, strictly divine realities. This tendency manifests itself first in the liturgy. The loss of the supernatural is a turning of man toward himself, a focus on self, and this is reflected very visibly in the manner of celebrating mass facing the people after the council. 
we can see here the primary affliction of the life of the church in our day, the corruption of anthropocentrism. I call this situation liturgical exile because Christ, who is the very center of the liturgy, finds himself in our day during the liturgical man-centered celebration, as it were, in exile, end quote. Anthropocentrism is a term that means man-centered, and not just man-centered, but almost like metaphysically or philosophically centered, like the whole purpose of the Mass is to honor man in this context. So that's what he is saying here. He also says here, Christ is in exile from the Mass itself. And what has been the result? Secularization of the church with man as the center of all attention in every aspect of church life. Is Bishop Schneider wrong? Can anyone say he really is when the hierarchy of the church is so focused on the latest decree issued by would-be Caesars and allying the church with the programs of the United Nations and other secular institutions. To fix this, Schneider suggests the following, quote, to heal the exile, we must restore the following indispensable things which will stress Christocentrism, the atmosphere of the mystery of contemplation and humility, since they are the indispensable conditions to rightly approach God and to fruitfully worship him. To achieve this aim, there should be reintroduced the following concrete elements which were present in the Roman Rite, at least during a millennium. One, turning also visibly to the Lord during the celebration of the Holy Mass, i.e. the entire assembly, priest, and faithful, looking prayerfully in the same direction to the crucifix. Two, receiving Holy Communion, kneeling and on the tongue, in the gesture of a child and of a humble centurion who said, Lord, I am not worthy. Three, the obligatory use of Latin in some parts of Mass and the silent recitation of the canon of the Mass. Through an intense concentration on God and eternity, through a Christocentric and sacred shape of the liturgy, and through a clear and courageous preaching of the gospel, the life of the church in her priests and lay faithful will gain again a real supernatural spiritual strength, which will have a great efficacy and spiritual fecundity. The church of our day, immersed in her concrete and pastoral and liturgical life in naturalism and anthropocentrism, should again recall these words of her divine founder, the one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. The church in our day must devote themselves to a reverent, prayerful, Christocentric liturgy and to the preaching of the unchangeable truths revealed by God for the salvation of the world. Only then, the society will slowly be changed and more penetrated with the true spirit of Christ and his social kingship, since without Christ, human society will not have peace and authentic prosperity. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. End quote. I brought you that lengthy excerpt from an interview with a good bishop because it sets up what Cardinal Mueller has to say in a recent address he gave at Oxford, which was only really published over in... German news outlets for some reason. And Cardinal Mueller states that the main dilemma in our time is the modernizing of the faith. Modernizing of the faith is nothing short of making the church bow to the needs and whims of the modern world. If you've noticed a secular program at the Vatican these past few years, or to be frankly honest about it, these past few decades, this is what Cardinal Mueller is talking about. And it's aided and abetted by the modernizing of the liturgy. After all, lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vendi. The law of what of how we pray is the law of what we believe and how we live. And the effect of this is placing man as the center of worship in the church. Cardinal Mueller's admonition here follows in full. 
Why Be a Christian by Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, address given to Oxford Oriel College. Dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as Catholics, we connect our goodwill towards all human beings with the marvelous experience that in the light of God, all things, past, present, and future, have a purpose. When the sacrifice of Christ for the salvation of the world becomes present in the Mass, we give thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank God for having created the world and for giving us all we need. We thank him that for our sake Christ became man and for sending us his Holy Spirit. We thank him for the Church, who has become our mother in faith. She is the body of Christ, in which we have been incorporated through baptism and confession of the Catholic faith. We thank him for our families in which we were allowed to grow up, and for our friends who are our faithful companions through life. And if God has called us to marriage, we thank him for our husband or wife, and for the children we love, because they are God's gift to their parents. As Christians, we have a musical awareness of life. In our hearts resound the song of thanksgiving of the redeemed. Its melody is love, and its harmony is joy in God. We do not believe in the superficial optimism of fate, which we hope will remain kind to us. No one will be spared the suffering of this world, and everyone has to bear his or her cross. Instead, in work and in leisure, in happiness and in pain, in life and death, a Christian puts all his hope in Christ alone. For we know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Like water bursting from a source, becoming a living stream that can make the desert blossom, so our joy in God is the seed on the field of our life that brings fruit a hundredfold. Adoration of God and the Spirit of Christ is this, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Following Christ's example, who gave his life on the altar of the cross, our life is a sacrifice to God. But the same Christ through his resurrection has also opened the door to eternal life for us. This is our faith. Today, however, many Christians are anxious and concerned. Looking at the crisis of traditionally Christian societies in the West, and at the scandals in the church, does Christianity still fit into our time? Is the rock shaking on which Jesus built his church? The crisis in the church is man-made, and has arisen because we have cozily adapted ourselves to the spirit of a life without God. There is no failure of God's grace, but only a lack of our adequate response. This is why in our hearts so many things are unredeemed and long for substitute gratification. But the one who believes needs no ideology. The one who hopes will not reach for stimulants against the nihilism in his heart. The one who loves is not after the lust of this world, which passes along with the world. The one who loves God and neighbor finds happiness in the sacrifice of self-giving. We will be happy and free when, in the spirit of love, we embrace the form of life to which God has called each one of us personally. In the nuptial sacrament, in the celibate priesthood, or in religious life, according to the three evangelical councils of poverty, obedience, and chastity, for the sake of the kingdom of God. I would like to evoke a famous Christmas homily by St. Leo the Great. In the midst of the wandering of peoples and the dissolution of order, as the Roman Empire disintegrates, the Holy Pope Leo speaks to the personal faith of each Catholic. With his words, I would like to address every Catholic today who has become unsettled in the present crisis of the Church. Christian, acknowledge your dignity and become a partner in the divine nature. Refuse to return to the old baseness of wicked conduct. Remember the head and the body of which you are a member. Recollect that you were rescued from the lower darkness and brought out into God's light and kingdom. By the mystery of baptism, you were made the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Do not put such a great guest to flight from your by, from you by base acts. We cannot escape the the deadly wickedness of the serpent if we strike friendship with it, but only if we prudently keep our distance and have the antidote ready at hand. What is paralyzing the church is the opinion that we should adapt to the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age, that we should relativize God's commandments and reinterpret the doctrine of faith. The church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of truth. But today, some people would like to reconstruct her as a convenient civil religion, a post-Christian society, and an anti-Christian opinion Makers in the mainstream media approve of such self-secularization, but that no way means they accept the faith in Jesus Christ. Never mind that some such church authorities are confused about this. People lurking around the Vatican trying to instrumentalize the Pope for their agendas in all things green and about the number of people are not getting closer to the church, but only those who together with St. Peter are looking to Jesus and confess, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The antidote against secularization of the church is the truth of the gospel and living by faith in the Son of God who has loved me and given himself up for me. Today, the tempter's magic phrase is necessary modernization. Consequently, anyone opposing this ideology will be fought like an enemy and will be accused of being a traditionalist. Let me give you one example of this twisted logic. Acknowledging human existence from the very beginning is discredited as a conservative political position, while at the same time, Adopting the Moloch position is declared to be a basic fundamental right and therefore deemed progressive. In politics and media, it is all about power over human minds and over the money in people's pockets. For this purpose, people are being conditioned by using campaign slogans like conservative or modern. But faith in God is concerned with the contrast between true and false, and ethics is about the distinction between good and evil. For some, the Catholic Church is lagging behind by 200 years compared to where the church it, the world is today. Is there any truth to this questionable accusation, formulated even by some church leaders, an accusation that opinionated atheists gleefully repeat in their schadenfreude? Progressive Catholics, for their part, play the model students of the Enlightenment, promising they will quickly catch up to the lessons of atheistic criticism of religion. Does necessary modernization mean the church should reject the historical revelation of God and Jesus Christ? Can the church be faithful to her foundation and to her founder if she mutates into a religion of humanity? The allegedly peaceful agnostics of today generously allow the simple people to keep their religion, but they are eager to use the potential of meaning the church possesses for their own purposes. They do not hold revealed faith to be true, but would like to use it as building material for the new religion of world unity. In order to be admitted to this international meta-religion, the only price the church would have to pay is giving up her truth claim. No big deal, it seems, as the relativism dominant in our world anyway rejects the idea that we could actually know the truth and presents itself as a guarantor of peace between all theologies and worldviews, and in fact a Catholicism without dogmas, without sacraments, and without an infallible magisterium, is the fata morgana for which even a number of church leaders are longing. But because in the fullness of time God sent his son, born of a woman, whom the shepherds of Bethlehem found as the infant lying in the manger, every time is immediate to God. Jesus cannot be surpassed by the changing of times because God's eternity encompasses all eras of history and the biography of each person. In the concrete human being, Jesus of Nazareth, God's universal truth is concretely present here and now. In historical time and place, Jesus Christ is not the representation of some supratemporal truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life in person. God wills everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, for there is one God. There's also one mediator between God and the human race, Christ Jesus himself human. 
The church walks with the times in their societal changes, and theology, in dialogue with modern scientific and technological worldviews, formulates how faith and reason are compatible. Faith is a knowledge of God's truth and a light in which we understand ourselves and the world in its innermost origin and purpose. This knowledge, however, we owe to the word of God, who became flesh and dwelt among us. By inner worldly reasoning, the truth of revealed faith can neither be proven nor disproven. The church knows that we are lost without the gospel of Christ. In her womb, Mary conceived God himself, who was born from her. Jesus Christ, the one savior of the whole world. He alone can save the world. And frankly, I would also not want to be saved by anyone but him, true God and true man. Merciful Lord, may the mother of mercies intercede all the times of our earthly life, because through her we were found worthy to receive the author of life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Ghost, one God forever and ever. Amen. Cardinal Mueller has been very active lately. Judging by the number of times I've presented his letters and addresses to you these past couple of months, Bishop Schneider has as well. You can find both of these things in my show notes today at returntotradition.org if you want to read them for yourself, as well as an interview Schneider gave to Catholic Family News this past weekend. That's returntotradition.org, the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. Just look for the post with today's episode title, and all the links will be found there easily. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Is Mueller right about the church being focused on modernizing at the time? Is Schneider right when he says the result of modernizing of the church is a secularization of the faith, essentially an exile of Christ from his faith? Is there a lot that they are implying that isn't really being said? Let me know what you thought about all of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.